0: Coming live from Liverpool England United Kingdom is our guest this evening welcome to this very special edition of the KJ masterclass live the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights information or simply learning from them and before I come to the show let me talk to you about something special that will concern a lot of people so I will talk in Hindi as well as in English. Hindi में इसलिए ताकि हमारे हिंदुस्तान के दर्शक देख सकें, English में इसलिए कि international दर्शकों को भी पता लग सके। तो ये जो पीछे आप साड़ी देख रहे हैं, साड़ी है और बांधनी print में है, modal silk है और the whole idea is to promote the Indian handloom sector के लोगों को जितना इसके बारे में पता as many people can uh, get benefit out of it. And especially this will help the handloom sector. Government is also pushing it. And uh, artisans ko bhi uh, kafi fayda hoga. log jo isse jude hain. They will all benefit for it. So this is Bani print, modal silk, sadi. It is not pure handloom. It is power loom. But this the whole idea is that you will get such products in handloom also. And handloom is such a beautiful thing. Uh, aapko It will give that exclusivity or you will feel your handloom is handmade and you will get that earthy feeling when you buy and you will obviously make a lot of difference to so many lives who are involved into this process. That's why I'm talking about it. I will not take names uh, right now and you can try it out. So uh, this particular Bani print is Modal silk, Gujarat. It's very predominant from that particular place and especially in Bhuj. So Price difference there will be. Obviously, handloom will be a bit more costly. If I understand, I'm not an handloom expert. Uh, but this whole process is to get as many uh, different small businesses into this whole uh, aspect that I can promote them in my own small little manner. So, in India if there are small businesses, small you know artisans, uh, art, uh, local creation, uh, creators who, who feel that they have made something nice, uh, they can share with me i don't want to keep that i can showcase it if you don't want to send send me some good pictures i will try and showcase it as best as possible and then uh, wherever i feel i can take their names first i'll bet whether i can take uh, you know i can showcase them and once i am able to do that then i will showcase it and take names so that you can get better quality of business and if if at all there is a tie up with anybody i will certainly let my viewers know. The same goes for international uh, guys also, sellers, especially local businesses. If there is anything special that you are producing, making, especially on the you know local community level, please uh, you can share me your pictures. Obviously, you can't send me here to showcase it, uh, but I will be happy to vet it, go through the whole process of understanding whether I can put it here and then uh, I can showcase it and maybe it will help you in a in, in some sense, through this show. That's the whole idea. I'm not an influencer, nor do I intend to. The whole idea is to use this platform that is more into, you know, talking about businesses, all about, you know, th- things that can help uh, people understand. Uh, for the Indians, it's from the global perspective and for the global uh, guys, it is that they get a peek into Indian market through their expertise. And that's the way to make it a, Place where everybody benefit from. So that's all for now. Uh, nothing more than this. So now let's get back to the show. And today we have Phil Pelua, Phil Pelua, internationally renowned business consultant, producer, and director, and better known for billionaires in boxers. Welcome to the show, Phil.
1: Thank you for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Uh, and you know, firstly, uh, I would like to know what. Why if about Billionaires in Boxes? What does that mean? Because that sounds, you know, uh, very interesting.
1: <laughs> okay, so Billionaires in Boxes, uh, the name originally was a joke. Um, so we had had a very successful podcast series to do with our B2B consultancy work. That had then been picked up by an international radio station and then later by a satellite television series. But they needed a name for the show. And every name I suggested, they hated like they were just saying no more suggestions from Phil. Like, that's it. I'm not allowed anymore. And um, I started just getting silly with it and coming out with crazy names. And one of them was billionaires in boxers because I grow global empires from home and I rarely put on pants and they were okay. like, oh, we rarely, like that.
0: Rarely put on pants. What do really? you mean?
1: I, I, I chill out in my boxer shorts. I mean, I, this is the joy <laughs> of being on camera. I get to just hang around in my boxer shorts all day. Um, and so even, they were even like, in office? Even in the office? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, I mean, it's my office, right? <laughs> so uh, so I really enjoyed that. And, and then everything kind of grew out of there. Um, the television series was really successful. So in the end, we did a total rebrand of both businesses. The Business Consultancy um, and the Business Broadcast Network brought them both under the Billionaires in Boxes banner. And we've been, we've been using that name ever since.
0: Okay. okay. You are uh, ranked number one globally. B2B consultants Mm -hmm. and top 5% of TV and podcast host. And you know, you're looking to buy Liverpool. Even I am waiting for the day where I can (laughs) proclaim that you are my friend. So, yeah, yeah, so please, please do let me know when when you plan to buy.
1: I, I certainly will, you know, and, and the value gets more and more. Every time I look at it, it's several more billions. So um, I'm going to have to work nice and hard to achieve it. But yeah, that's, that's the ultimate goal. That's where I want to be. That's my dream. That's where I'm trying to go to. Um, I actually have in my bloodline uh, a previous Liverpool owner. Um, so I feel like it belongs back in the family. That's what I'm working on.
0: Right, right, Phil. All the best for that. But right Thank now... You. Let us, yeah, let us take the best out of you in terms of, you know, creating high value relationships Mm -hmm. about profitable networking and finding strategic partners. So today we focus around, you know, high value relationships. Mm -hmm. Firstly, Phil, uh, to understand from you because, you know, you have been a professional uh, athlete, but now you are best known for taking seven figure consultants and professional service firm owners from unknown to unrivaled, achieve and maintain eight figures mm-hmm. so a lot of people would want to do that and learn from you so sure. tell them uh, especially in you know, a lot of people in india rising businesses consultants and anybody who wants to go through the growth part so how do they do that how do you create high value relationship firstly what is high value relationships
1: yeah so it's a good question so I think the first thing to appreciate with high value relationships is that I look for the four P's, purchasers, partners, promoters, and platforms. If somebody isn't one of those four P's, you have to limit and be careful how much time you're spending with them. Now, look, that's not talking about the philanthropic work. We do a lot of that too. I'm talking specifically about the growth aspect here, purchasers, partners, promoters, and platforms. That's the four that you're looking for. Now, here's the challenge that I think most people have is when I say the word networking, people will have one of two ideas in their mind. And in my experience, both are wrong. Number one is they'll think, well, networking is just talking to people. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like how do you grow a business through networking, right? Or number two, it's, oh, so I go somewhere and I just sell, 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 and try and sell all of my stuff. And neither of those two things are true. Networking, in my experience, is about creating key partnerships and relationships with the four uh, four P's using the law of reciprocity. So you've got to give before you get. Uh, In fact, the philosophy that I teach to all of my clients is give, give, get. So you give twice before you get. And you may not always get directly from that person that you've given to either, but they can make referrals, they can make introductions, uh, the universe can reward you, God can reward you, whatever it is that you want to look at. But ultimately, you have to be, you know, in a world where everybody is take, 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 you've got to be the one that's give, 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 because, You know, there's uh, Einstein's very famous quote of, you know, if you do the same thing and, you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results is, is the definition of insanity, right? Well, the reality is if you're trying to do the same thing as everybody else in your sector, if you're trying to grow your business in the same way, you're trying to work with the same clients, you're trying to offer the same thing, you're going to achieve the same results. So you have to be brave and step out of this and say, if everybody else is going right, I'm going left. And that's, that boils down to where, where a lot of these relationships need to, need to come from. It's how do, I, how do I give to this person so that they want to reward and bless me with their support? That's a good way of looking at it instead of what can I sell to this person? What can I take from this person?
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, uh, is there a process to create? Everybody wants to, you know, uh, connect with all the top guys Uh, that that's possible but Mm -hmm. how do you do that Firstly, uh anybody uh, suppose if it's a manager and he wants to create high level network or it's a small business Mm -hmm. they want to connect with you know all the top businessmen and especially those people who would be interested in their product or services Mm -hmm. how do they do that where do they find those people because obviously he cannot pick up the call and say listen I'm a small business and I want to have a, you know, I want to a network with you. How does it work? And where does this meeting ground, where is this meeting ground? And how does it happen? Why would the person even recognize somebody else who is of no value to him?
1: Okay. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. So the, the first thing that I would say is who's deciding that that person is of no value to them? Because if that's the mindset that you have, if I have no value to this person, Then, you know, whether you say you can or whether you say you can't, you're right. So if you believe that you have no value to that person, you're absolutely right. You have no value to that person. But my question is, why is that mindset there? I never feel like I don't have value to somebody. My value is either going to come from something that I can help and provide them with and give them support or making an introduction to somebody that's going to make their life better. I call that connection currency i know a lot of people sometimes the best thing that i can give to somebody isn't my services or product it's an introduction to somebody that's the perfect person to help them and what have i just done i've just gained goodwill with both of those people that now say feels great you know let me introduce a couple of people to him to try and help him out as well so that's the first thing i'd say second thing is it's about doing this in in levels so you know if for example you know you want to work in the tech space well good luck getting hold of bill gates on the phone right? It's best of luck with that. Um, You have to do this in levels. So what I mean by that is, you know, when we think about Hollywood, you've got the A-listers, the B-listers, the C-listers, the D-listers. Firstly, we have to accept where we are. Now, there's no disrespect to that. You might be an E-lister right now. Nobody knows you even exist, right? So you need to start networking with D-listers. And once you've got the D-listers, now you can move on to C and to B and to A. It doesn't mean that you just go straight to the top of the cycle and then get disappointed, when it doesn't work for you here's the other thing with that right you just mentioned about a small business that small business probably can't handle the workflow that would come from having an a-lister relationship you now great example of this if i was to put you on my television network we reached 26 million homes 26 million homes even if 10 percent of them made an inquiry to your businesses how many of your businesses would fall over how many of them would not be able to handle this websites would crash You'd never get inquiries out. Now you're getting terrible reviews left online because you can't service people properly. It's better to start and grow and evolve with the people in and around you. So you should always be looking up the ladder, but not right to the top because often that's not what you need. And I promise you, it's better to be famous for 50 of the right people than 5 million of the wrong people. So focus on who are those 50 people that are going to have a big impact on your business. Now you asked, where do we do this and how do you facilitate those relationships? So for me, this has always been content. I mean, I've grown and sold two podcasting networks. I still love and use podcasting for my business. And now obviously we use the television and radio uh, and satellite broadcasting to do the same thing as well, because I have to give something to somebody. First, right? I have to give them a platform to share their story, to share their message, to get more credibility, to get more sales, to find more investment, or just to have a credible piece of content that they can use. So the conversation goes very differently. If I contact the CEO of a company that I would love to work with and I say these one of two things, which one do you think they're going to respond positively to? Option number one. AJ, I really like the look of your business. Um, I wondered whether we could just grab 30 to 60 minutes on a call, get to know each other and see whether there's a way we might be able to work together. Right, there's option number one. Or option number two, hey, AJ, I love your business. I have a podcast that reaches a million people and a TV show that reaches 26 million people. I would love to give you and your business some exposure, talk about your career, talk about your business, get you some marketing, some exposure, some new clients. Plus, I'd love to explore how we might be able to work together because I do a lot of work in this space. Which one's going to get the positive response? It's Option two, every day of the week. Option one is I'm not spending 60 minutes on the phone with somebody I don't know. I mean, we've all seen this on LinkedIn. This has been happening a lot over the past twelve months. Let's have a virtual coffee. Well, if I if I had a virtual coffee with everybody that asked me for a virtual coffee, I'd never do anything else. I'd have no time for work. I'd be broke, right? Because I'd spend my entire time having virtual coffee. But look at this virtual
0: money. Virtual money. Exactly.
1: Virtual money and live in a virtual house. Exactly. So. (laughs) pay virtual salaries but where we are right now like we're on a podcast we're having this conversation so you and i have had this conversation you haven't approached me and said phil let's have 45 60 minutes of conversation so i can pick your brains you've said phil why don't you come on a podcast i'll give you some exposure and in return i'm gonna get 45 to 60 minutes of picking your brains and getting some knowledge same question except you offered something first so instead of taking from a relationship that you've earned no chips you're earning something first. You're saying, look, let me do something for you. And in return, I get something back. This right here, we are currently sat on a living, breathing example. People are currently watching an example of what happens when you use give, give, get, when you give before you get.
0: Right, right. So you said that many a times when you connect, actually try to connect and don't talk about what you uh, what you actually want. And and you go, you give give and then you get, correct? Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But then you also talk about profitable networking. Yeah. What is that, and how different is that from high value relationships, even from simple relationships? So please, uh, and how do you get to that part, the profitable networking part? Because mm. actually, that's the real reason why somebody is networking. Otherwise, as you said, if I keep on having virtual coffee then I would never get down to real coffee ever in my life.
1: Correct. Do you know what though? I would say that actually there's, there's I'll, I'll talk about profitable networking monthly, but I want to, I want to touch on something that you've just mentioned there, right? A lot of people are in situations where there is money it could have been a profitable networking opportunity, but the way that they presented themselves didn't allow that to be a profitable exchange. So instead they left money on the table. And a great example of that is, hi, I've just met, here's my business card, here's what I do, we're selling this, we've got a special offer. And the person who you're talking to is going, I met this person 30 seconds ago, they're already trying to sell me something. And it's turned them off completely. But that person using profitable networking, using the formula of give, give, get, okay, Uh, Look, I've got a podcast. I've got a stage. I've got a big network. AJ, what are you working on right now? And what do you need more of? How can I help you? And then AJ's saying, well, look, I'm looking for... uh, I've had this great podcast, but I'm looking for guests. Like real good, high-profile guests that can add a load of value. Listen, AJ, I have... A phone book full of the most high value consultants and speakers all over the world. I'm working with some of the best coaches in the industry. Like, you will have their books on your shelf. I would be happy to make an introduction for you. AJ, here's what I'm looking for I am specifically looking for coaches and consultants who are in high seven figures that want a formula to consistently get to eight figures and a blueprint so that they can go from unknown to unrivaled and be the authority in their industry. Who comes to mind when I say that to you? Do you see what I've just done there? So I've given you something first that you want that helps you by being genuine and asking the question: Who do you? You know, who, what is it you're working on? Who do you need to meet? What do you need more of? How can I help you with that? Is that me? Is that someone I can make an introduction to? Is that some advice I can give you? What is it that I can do to for you to make your life better? Now, if you imagine a networking scenario where everybody takes that approach. This is why it now becomes a profitable networking event because everybody's leading with, here's what I've got. What do you need? How can I help? Followed by, great. Now I've helped you. Here's what I'm looking for. Who do you know? And that question of who do you know is really powerful. It's not, AJ, do you want to buy this? It's who do you know? And I'll tell you why. AJ, do you want to buy this? Has one of two answers. Yes or no. So I'm either getting a sale or I'm not getting a sale. Who do you know has infinite outcomes? Because if you want it, you're going to go, me. Like, I'm interested in that. That's who I know. I want to do this. But if it's not you, you're going to go, hmm, who do I know? Well, I know this guy, and I know this girl, and she's great. Let me introduce you. So now I've just taken a no into referrals and introductions, and that's how business grows. So I got so sick of attending these networking events that were, were usually one of two things. They were either just an excuse for people to get out of the office and go and have a chat and nothing ever happened with it. It was a waste of time, right? We've all been to these breakfast morning meeting things where we all exchange business cards and never actually do any business. I don't understand what the point is or it's the second option, which is we thought it was a networking event, but it was actually like a make believe webinar where the owner of that event's just going to sell to you like crazy for like an hour and you get 10 minutes to meet everybody else in the coffee room. And that's horrible as well. So, I actually created an event. It's an online virtual event. We've just finished one about a week or so ago. Uh, the most signups we'd ever had. It was just under three thousand people signed up. Not everybody turns up live. A lot of people watch the replays, but we still had like one hundred and fifty to two hundred people there live from all over the world. It was mad Zoom call. Somebody messaged me and said, "This is the most people I've ever seen on one Zoom call. It's crazy." Um, but It's called Profitable Networking Monthly. There is no cold pitching. There is no big pitch from me to say, hey, buy my stuff. You want to work with me? Great. Here's the link. Let's book a separate call. This is about give, give, get. What do you need? What are you working on? How can I help? And if we do that for everybody and we each show up and play big, it's going to be a profitable networking event, which is exactly why we do them. They grow month on month on month. We started them about a year and a half ago. Uh, full disclosure, I mean, these things produce hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of revenue for me every single month, because people turn up and they go, I love how honest you are. I love how genuine you are. You're trying to help me without trying to take money from me. And that's a philosophy that I live by. And if, if people only take this away from what I say, this is a big one. Okay. The impression that you want people to have is this, if this is what I get from this person for free, what do I get when I pay them? So if this is what I get from AJ for free, what do I get when I pay him? That's the thought process. That's the philosophy that you want people to have because then you show up. You're genuine. You're helpful and people go, okay, I'm interested in this person. Now, you still have to ask for the sale if it's right and you can help somebody. You can't be afraid of it. You can't just sit back and be the helpful person that never asks for anything. But that's why the formula isn't give, give, give. It's give, give, get. Because at some point, you're going to say, here's what I'm looking for. Who do you know that can help me with that?
0: Okay. Okay. But many people are thick-skinned. They just take, take, take and never Correct. come to give. So how do you uh, get to the point of, please give it, now it's my time, get. It's getting time. So how yeah. do you come to that and how do you strike that conversation from somebody who has already taken and already only taking... Yeah. And you know, perhaps so thick-skinned that he will not talk about giving. So how do you work that out, or is it that, that that person should be discounted, left alone?
1: Yeah, look, you will you will come across people that will just take absolutely. But my, my thing is, I rule them out very quickly. Um, they are gone from my process. I'm I'm a firm believer in your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So if it, like profitable networking monthly, we've had a few people over the months that have come and been very take take take. And they no longer attend. We've kicked them out. They are banned. We have a short blacklist of people. It's not very long. I think it's about six people, but they're not allowed to come anymore because this is a space where everybody's showing up and everybody's being genuine. So you have to find those people for you. And sometimes that's just, you know, in the way that you position it. It's like the original positioning statement. So if I want to make sure that this is a good fit, I'm going to say to you, um, AJ, listen, I want to I wanna see if I can help you with some stuff. I think there'll be people in my phone book that'll be good for you and there'll be people in your phone book that'll be good for me. So I want to see how we can help each other's businesses grow. Fair enough? And if you say, right. no, I'm, no, I'm not interested, then I don't bother wasting my time. But if you say, yeah, sure. It's like, okay, look, let's start with you. What do you need more of right now? What are you working on? How can I help? And then you give me the the your the, the response. I give you some pointers. I make some introductions. I do some things. And I say, okay, AJ, here's what I'm working on. How can you help me with this, brother? And then I just position it like that. It's just very peer-to-peer. It's a very genuine conversation, which, again, is why you want to start by working with people who are slightly higher than you on the ladder, but not starting right at the very top. Because if I call Tony Robbins and be like, so, Tony, what are you working on in your business right now? How can I help? He's going to give me an answer, and I'm going to go, yeah, I don't know if I can help with that. Um Uh, let me, let me have a look. I might, I might know some people. Let me see what I can do. Right. Here's what I'm working on. I'm getting a lot more from that relationship than he is because he's here and I'm here. Right. But that continues to grow and evolve the more that you continue to grow and evolve. So you will get yourself to the top of that industry. But that's the important thing here. You've got to invite yourself. Most people are waiting to be discovered that they're waiting for someone to go. Ah, your business is amazing. The whole world needs to know about this. Let me do that that doesn't happen. You have to invite yourself. There's only one of two ways that you get yourself to the top of the industry. One, you pay somebody in PR and publicity a lot of money to introduce you there because they can leverage their relationships. Number two, you network and create high value relationships and invite yourself. They're the only two ways that you get there. So if you're not doing either of those two things, you can't ever expect to be at the top of your industry.
0: Okay, that's why you say you cannot wait for an invitation to the top of your industry, you must invite yourself. So you Correct. don't get invited. So you don't try to get invited to the what, B2B events or all those uh, events do, that do not work for you. Where do you want to get invited? Because the high network mm-hmm. guys or the high relationship networking, high value relationship networking, can, can will that happen only through well, creating thought leadership?
1: Let me, give you, let me give you an example of like how this can actually, so people can take this and actually plug it in today, right? Uh, the, the high value people in your industry are often speaking at the best events and exhibitions, right? That's where they are. They're the keynote speakers at these events. So what I want you to do is I want you to go and map out the top five to 10 events, either locally or globally in your industry where these people are speaking. And eight to nine months before the event, I want you to contact the event organizer. And the conversation goes like this. AJ, I am looking forward to the event coming up. I see it's happening in eight or nine months time. I imagine at the moment that you're looking to sell sponsorship, advertising, and some more exhibition stands. I would love to invite you onto my podcast so I can introduce you to my audience to help you sell tickets and get more sponsors. Would that be helpful? Well, of course, they're going to go, yes, because that's all they're thinking of at that particular moment is exhibition stands, sponsorship, selling tickets. You know. So you do the conversation with them. And then at the end of the conversation, you say these two things. Number one. AJ, this sounds like a really good event. Um, I would love to make sure that more people are talking about this. Typically, what happens when I'm helping promote an event is if you introduce me to the other keynote speakers and main sponsors, I will interview them and have them talk about the event too. So there's lots more people getting to hear about your event. And they go, oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Let me make the introduction. So now you've got an introduction to the people at the top of your industry. Second thing that I will say and follow this up with, I would love to get involved in this event in any way I can, whether that's speaking, workshop, maybe coming and doing some podcast interviews, what's going to help you the most? And usually they say something like, oh, we are looking for someone to do a workshop or "Oh, we actually are looking for another speaker to come and do this. Well, now I've just got an invitation to one of the biggest events in my industry, I have a great relationship with the event organizer because I've done them a favor. And they have just given me an introduction to all of the other keynote speakers and sponsors that I get to contact. And what do I do when I speak to those people, AJ? I build a relationship with them and I say, what are you working on right now? How can I help you? And then I ask them to do the same for me and we see where the business grows. And finally, I ask them, so you're speaking at this event. I'm also going to be speaking there. Where else are you booked to speak this year? because I'm going to find out where they're hanging out, and where the other big events are, and I'm going to start the whole process all over again by contacting the event organizer of that event, and away we go. This is how I went to China to Mobile World Congress and closed a million dollars from stage. This is That formula I've just given you is the exact formula that I used to get that. It was a big VR show, uh, virtual reality. It was a big tech event. I was desperate to be there. I invented, uh, invited the event organizer onto a podcast, had a conversation with him, you know, he knew some people that I knew, which was really helpful because I'd already interviewed. He said this a funny st- statement. He said to me, Phil, you've interviewed like half my keynote speakers. How do you know everybody in this industry? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't want to tell him I'd been in the industry six weeks and I would just kind of done one interview a week. You know, I just inv- I asked them, hey, do you want to come on and talk about it? Like that. W- that was it. Big, big mystery solved. That was the rocket science behind it. Right. How did I get them to speak to me? I asked them to speak to me on a podcast. That was it. And then he said, you know, I'd love to see how you could get involved. And I'd say, well, and I was being really cheeky at this point. And I said, well, look, my speaking fees usually around 50,000 US and blah, blah, blah. And he and it's not true. I've never spoken in the industry before in my life. Right. So he says to me, well, we can't pay you a fee, but we can pay for your flights and your hotel and your accommodation and have you come over. And I'm getting off the phone with my heart racing, thinking I'm now going to be a keynote speaker at one of the biggest tech events in my industry. All of the people that I'm desperate to work with are going to be sat in their audience seeing me on stage. How did I get that invite? By doing exactly the formula that I've just told people to do right there. Invite the event organizer onto a show, help them sell sponsorship tickets, um, exhibition stands, and then say, how can I help you kick off the conversation from there? Watch this back and follow that formula because that formula right there I can generate millions of dollars, just that one formula.
0: Right. Right. That's, that's a great, uh, you know, suggestion. Uh, Some great, uh, great stuff to follow. Now, one very important part uh, for a lot of people is that Mm -hmm. how do I know which person is of high value? Because in an industry, even there are so many people from the Mm. same industry Mm -hmm. and the most important part in building a network is that either there is mutual benefit
1: mm-hmm.
0: or that person likes you, but yeah. mostly it's about a mutual benefit. But first, you know, that person has to gel with you. And then you talk about business. As you said, give, give and get. yeah, 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 yeah. But how do I start? Means, is it just because we have taken, you know, a coffee from the same, uh, same counter, and then we are standing next to each other. We start a conversation, and it's not going to work. Yeah. So how I... do, you, do you start preparing for it? You get the guest list and all that. How does it work? Because that is where it all uh, has to begin.
1: So for me, it all starts, you know, as I said earlier in the show, with the four P's. So what I would do is I would look on exhibitors lists. I'll look at podcasting lists. I mean, we met on on Podmatch, a great platform. Um, Alex Sanfilippo is a good friend of mine who runs the site. It's brilliant. So if you're not on Podmatch, this is a great place to be meeting these types of people. And you need to get yourself onto these platforms, you know. Your likes of PodMatch, Podbooker.com, Matchmaker.fm, looking at the exhibitions that are going on in your industry, looking at the people who are doing the big interviews, radio, television, look at who's gonna be helpful and look for the four Ps. So I'll I'll break this down and go into a bit more detail with them. Is this person gonna be a purchaser? So i.e. is this person a customer? Is this a potential client of mine? Right? Are they a partner? So do they work with the same target audience that I do, but deliver a different service or product? Are they a promoter? As in, can they promote me to more of the first two types of people, a customer or a partner? Or are they a platform that introduces me to more of the first three? Because if the answer is no, then you shouldn't be networking with them. And AJ, you're absolutely right. It's not just about, listen, I've met this person at a counter, and away we go. Because otherwise, we'd all just spend time networking in the supermarket. It's not going to work, right? There has to be some strategy around this. So what I need people to do is get really clear on these simple things and it's usually it's good to start with one or two areas so grab a pen and paper and write down on that pen and paper just draw a line straight down the middle and on one side it's what you want and on the other side it's what you need to make that happen so what goals are you trying to achieve right now like is there a big goal that you want to have before the end of the year is there something you want to achieve over the next 12 months Then get really clear on, well, what's missing? Why can't I do that right now by myself? Like what's happening? And sometimes it's, well, I don't have the right distribution chain. Other times it's not enough people know that I exist. Other times it's I don't have enough reviews and recommendations to make that happen. Whatever this is, just write it down on the side. Now you have your target list. And now that target list, instead of going, how do I go and take that from people? I want you to flip it. And I want you to think about who has those things for you. Who can help you with that? And instead of thinking, what can I take from them? I want you to think, what can I give to that person so that they want to reward me with this thing that I need? How can I help that person so that they love me so much that they want to help me with this thing that's on my need list? And if you follow that formula and that strategy, will you come across people that aren't helpful for you? Absolutely. Will you come across people that I, get to th- that I call connection currency, who you can't help them, they can't help you, but you'll know people in your inner circles that can? Absolutely. And you can still help those people by making introductions for them and making introductions elsewhere. It's funny. I met this guy about, mm, I'm going to say about three years ago. And at first, I thought he was a potential customer. And it was probably going to be like a twenty thousand dollar deal, something like that, right? So not nothing huge. Just I thought he was going to be a twenty thousand dollar customer, and that was probably going to be the end of it. He gets to the end of the show and he says, uh, "This is off air." And he says, "I don't think I need what you do, but I think all of my customers do." And I went, "Okay." And he went, "If I introduced you to all of them, could we do a partnership? You know, I'll you know chuck me ten percent, fifteen percent of whatever comes through the door. I don't care. Just this can really enhance my work and help them." So I said, yeah, great. Now I had no idea what was going to come from this. In the last three years, that's been a $2 million partnership for me. Because every client that he brings on, he's like, you've got to go to Phil. Because he's going to take you from here to here. I can do all the background stuff and get your systems up and running. He's the guy that's going to get you to the cool kids table, to the top of your industry where we're really going to be pumping stuff into the top of this funnel. Like it's just going to be gold. Like I'll build the systems, let him build the platform and the stage. And so that $20,000 deal that I thought it was has turned into multiple millions of dollars because I was open to exploring where this was going to go. How can we help each other? What does this look like? You see what I mean? So sometimes deals turn into nothing. These relationships turn into nothing. Other times, they turn into connections and, and people that you can introduce to people for, for good faith, for karma, for will, whatever. Other times, they turn into something much better than you ever anticipated. The only thing that's stopping you from doing this right now is is fear. That's it. The only thing that's stopping you from doing this right now is fear. We just I just mentioned three sites, matchmaker.fm, podbooker.com, and podmatch.com. All three of them are brilliant sites. They all have a paid section as well, but every single one of them has a free section where you can send a number of messages every single day to people. You could go onto these platforms right now whilst listening to this podcast, go and register completely for free and have access to hundreds of thousands of people all over the world that you could help them grow their business and in return, they could help you grow yours, making introductions, creating great content, doing whatever it is that you need to do. So if you're, if you're sat thinking, why isn't this growing? Why isn't this doing what I want? It's because you're not taking the action. Take the action, get the results.
0: Right, right, Phil. So in terms of actions, I know it can, uh, a couple of points, if they are repetitive, it's okay. That you talk of three, first three things we should do to increase our visibility and profitability. So that's from one side uh, of it, that how does it work? So if you can share those things. Secondly, It's it's part of this question is that uh, gradually as you try to do a few things, how do you become somebody of interest to the person that one is right now? Like you are trying to build up a a persona for yourself and, Mm. you know, so that you get to the right people, connect to the right people. Mm. Then how also at the same time, you try to become the right person that people are interested in sure meeting you at the same event that you are trying for right now
1: sure no you're so right okay so firstly how does it work and how do you become more profitable so let's start there um one of the things that i see in most industries now you got to remember i work specifically in business to business so i work mainly with consultants and large coaches but i see this all the time people underpricing themselves and undervaluing themselves it's like there's so much competition in the market so everyone's just thinking the only way that they can compete is to lower their prices well here's the funny thing about that right how many coaches do you think there are business coaches that charge between one and ten thousand dollars for their services i mean millions of them right millions and millions of them and how many people so that's so Or let's let's flip it because everyone knows this one right How many coaches and consultants help people make $1 or $2 million? I'm going to say 90% of the industry, right? How many of the big consulting firms won't touch you if you earn less than $10 million? I'd say most of them because they see you as too small. They want to work with the big boys. So that poses the question, who's helping somebody between $3 million and $9 million? Who's helping that space? Because if 90% of the industry is over here and 10% is over here, then that doesn't leave a lot for, for this middle bit, right? And, ha- and being in that space, I can tell you, it's a nightmare trying to find coaches and consultants in that space because my business is there and I'm saying, well, I don't need you to teach me how to make $1 or $2 million. We can do that fine. But I also don't know how to make $20 million once I've made 10 because we're not at $10 million yet. So who's helping me with this bit in the middle of getting from here consistently to 10 and a lot of this comes down to confidence so people are so worried about you know over overcharging or going too big or you know the reality is that most people have this amazing skill and they're playing small they're scared to play big so they're playing small why can't that program that you sell for $10,000 be sold to $100,000 and just get more results for somebody? You know, Alan Weiss, great guy, has written incredible books on consulting. He says charge 10% of what you're going to make someone in additional value over the next 12 months. So instead of charging somebody $10,000 and helping them to make $100,000, why can't you charge $100,000 and help someone make a million? Why can't you charge a million dollars and help someone make $10 million? why can not you charge a 1000000 dollars and help someone make 10000000 dollars why can't this scale and you utilize your skill in a different space? And a lot of it comes down to fear, right? So the first thing that you need to do to be more profitable is to be respectful of your own value, right? Okay. And actually, a lot of the time, your value isn't determined by you. Okay. Your value is determined by the market. So a great example of this would be, I want people, and it will make them nervous when they hear this, but I want people to find their level. And what I mean by that is, You sold your product for $1,000. Great. Now go and sell it for $5,000. Then sell it for $10,000. Then sell it for $20,000. And then when people stop wanting to buy it and stop having the value and stop saying, now this isn't worth it anymore, you know you found that level. So go back one step. But that one step down and keep raising your prices and keep working with bigger and better people might take you from a $100,000 a year business to a $5 million a year business. That's still a big leap. So there's the first thing that I would say. Secondly, and you said before about how do you become the, the person that people want to speak to, right? The authority in your industry. And the reality is this, right? And this is an important phrase that I use a lot. Perception beats perfection. So how the industry perceives you is far more important than how your business actually operates, right? So most people will say, I'm not ready for that yet. I, I don't know enough yet. I, you know, I've only been in the industry a few years. I, I'm not ready for that yet let me tell you, all the people at the cool kids' table, they're feeling it exactly the same way. They've just pushed through that fear barrier and gone and done it anyway. Because they feel exactly the same. I know people at the top of these industries. And believe me, many of them are looking, at, in fact, I'd say almost all of them are looking at their business going, oh, I could do with improving that. That's not great. <laughs> I don't like that bit. That, oh, I'm not sure about that. You know, Some of the best speakers I've ever met in the entire world stand innovation just closed a million dollars plus business from stage come off the stage come into the speaker's room and go oh i'm really bad at speaking i hate speaking i hate talking and you're like (laughs) are you serious you just cleaned up the room and they're like oh yeah but i made this mistake here and it's everybody's dealing with that right everybody so this the people are looking at them going wow look how amazing they are and they're looking at themselves going oh they're gonna find out you're a fraud in about five minutes and you don't know what the hell you're talking about so when positioning yourself, you've a lot of this comes down to understanding that it's more important to be famous for 50 of the right people than 5 million of the wrong people, All right? It's more important to be famous for 50 of the right people than 5 million of the wrong people. So don't think about being the authority for the whole world because that's not going to work. It might do, but it's, it's unlikely, and it's also unnecessary. Think about being the authority for 50 people that are going to help you to grow your business this year. For 50 people who you can really help them and help them to achieve big things. And next year, it might be a new 50 people. You might have gone up another level on the ladder and now it's a new 50 people. But 50 people is not a lot of people to focus on. It's taking two months off a year and being, and being a per, that go-to person for five people a month. It's just over one a week. It's not a lot of people when you break the numbers down like that and say, I just need to have added tremendous value and be an authority for one person I speak to every single week. That's not that difficult, but that is how you get to the top of your industry because I didn't become famous for a million people. That wasn't what happened. I became famous for about a hundred people who went out and told another hundred people how great I was. Who went out and told another hundred people and five, six years later, I'm getting messages from newspapers saying, you've just been ranked number one. Congratulations. I'm going, right, that's great. I don't really know how that happened, but brilliant. But it's like the ripple effect in a pond, right? I didn't create all of those ripples. I just created one. I just dropped the pebble into that one place and the ripple effects took care of themselves. So focus on what you can do and what is in your control not what isn't. You cannot control a million people thinking that you're the authority in your space. You can control one person a week believing that you're the authority in your space.
0: Right, right, Phil. So in terms of B2B relationships, now a lot of these relationships, uh, because it's a, it's an online world now. Mm-hmm. So how does it work online? Does, can it work online? Can you create high-value Relationships online. Can you create profitable networking online and, you know, strategic partnerships online? Can you? I'll tell you what. Yes. If I, yes, how?
1: I'll tell you why I'm laughing. All of th- everything I've done has been entirely online for the past 10 years. Okay. You no, know, so, okay. so my part, I have partnerships that I think just the partnerships alone, we're probably doing about $4 million a year, right? I've never met any of them in person. Ever? Oh,
0: I thought I th- I thought it was all about you know coffee at the counter, real no. coffee.
1: No, it's it's Zoom calls. It's being oh. in group chats together. I mean, uh, this might surprise people. Most of my business gets done on WhatsApp. Like I'm audio noting people. They're sending me messages. Hey Phil, I got this question. Like back. Because I am am in a way that people want to talk. Some people want to talk on the actual physical telephone. Some people want to have a FaceTime. Some people want to Zoom. Some people just want to send me emails and and notes on LinkedIn. Some people want to WhatsApp. I'm going to be there however you need me to show up. But everything I do is digital. And I'll tell you why, right? Think about if you were recruiting for a job, right? And it's it's a weird analogy, but just go with me for a minute. Think about recruiting for a job. If I want to hire an MD for my company... Do I want to hire the best M.D. that's within one hour's drive of my office or do I want to hire the best M.D. for my business anywhere in the world? What's the chances that the person who is best for my business also lives within a one hour drive of my office? It's pretty slim, right? It's the same with like your spouse. You might have been very lucky and found the love of your life at school, but the likelihood that of all of the billions of people on this planet, that the one person that is right for you was in your class at school is so (laughs) slim. It's so minute. So when I look at business, I don't look at business and say, how do I work with the people in my surrounding area? How do I work with the people that are here? This might surprise you. I don't think I have one British client, not one. All of my clients are North America, US, Canada, Australia, Middle East, uh, and a little bit of Singapore and Asia. A little bit. But most of them are North America, Australia, and the Middle East. I've never met any of these people in person. Never. Never, never, never. I have people that have worked with me for five years plus that I've never seen in person. Right? Because we live in a digital age. It's just as easy now to build a relationship. In fact, I would go so far as to say it's actually easier now than it was in person. Because if I wanted to go and see someone, let's say I wanted to go visit someone in Manchester. It's an hour's drive away from me. Right? I have to drive an hour there. I have to find somewhere to park. That takes another 15 minutes. So now I'm at an hour quarter. Then I have to get to the coffee place. That's an hour and a half. Then I have an hour with them. Then I have the same back. That's just taking five hours of my day to go and see one person. Do you know how many people I see in five hours online? I can see one an hour. Give each person a dedicated hour. Get through five people. I've done five times as much work as I would have done going to see that person locally. So, and, be- and it doesn't – they don't need to see – I mean, they are seeing the whites of my eyes. Here they are. They go, oh, you can see them on camera, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't need to physically touch me to do business with me because my value comes from how can I help you and what can I give to you. That is just as powerful. In fact, sometimes it's more powerful here because instead of being sat over a coffee, I can say, actually, AJ, there's a guy I want to introduce you to. Let me grab his profile. I drop it in the chat and I say, there's this guy. I open up the chat. I make it. I can add someone into the Zoom call and come bring them. I can't do that here. I can't, you know, be sat in a coffee bar with you and say, oh, let me just bring my colleague and, oh, there's that person over in Florida. Can't do that. But online I can. So I would argue that actually it's been on enhanced online. The ability to create relationships is now easier than ever before. Plus, it's opened up an opportunity for something that I talk about a lot in my business and I absolutely love it, which is called industry and geographical cross-pollination. Okay. So what I mean by that is if you... Let me, let's use an example if you ask five of your friends now if you just go and message five of your friends right now and say hey guys can i make a million dollars this year and buy a ferrari i'm guessing that four of the five are gonna go no you can't do that don't be silly right but if i ask five multi-millionaires hey guys can i make a million dollars this year and buy a ferrari they're gonna be like why this year why not make a million next month like what's what's wrong with you it's gonna be so the answers that you get depend on who you ask the question of so again think about that as a geographical thing you're in india right i have a team in india one of the things that i've dealt with with my team in india is that there is a mentality almost with a lot of people who are who are native and still in india well we're only in india we can't do that we can't play big we can't do this thing so if people are going to give us business it's because we're much cheaper than anywhere else in the world and this is like a mentality thing that they have and the reality is I'm not saying every Indian's like that by the way but a lot of Indians have that mentality. But the reality is if I was to go and say okay let's say they design websites and they design incredible websites and I take that website design and I stand it up next to a New York Adam web design agency and I say to a client in New York how much would you pay for that they get put a price on it that is far higher than the Indian firm put a price on their own work. Absolutely. Right? Far far higher. So the reason I'm saying this is Industry and geographical cross-pollination is sharing of ideas and best practice to see what is working best anywhere in the world. You can gain a competitive advantage in your local market by working out what the markets that are more advanced than you are currently doing. I did this when I went to South Africa. The South African real estate market is around 10 years behind the UK. I'd been working at board level in the UK. I had a lot of experience. When I got there, i swear to you aj it felt like i was in a time machine i felt like i was the guy that went back and designed the iphone it was amazing i would just talk about things that we were doing in the uk and people would go that's brilliant we need to implement that and we would implement it and before you know it we were the number one real estate company in the whole of south africa and everybody else is going how did they do that we did it because we looked at what was working in other places. And we implemented it into our market. Networking online allows you to do the same thing. It allows me to say, okay, so coaches and consultants in the Middle East are doing this. But what are we doing in the US? How does that differ? And then I can tell the people in the US, here's what's working really well in the Middle East. Let's try this and gain an advantage in the US. And I can tell people in the US, or or, sorry, vice versa. I can tell people in the Middle East, here's what's working in the US. Here's what's not being done in the Middle East. Let's implement this so that we can move forward and it's brilliant it's you know it's it's i i love it it's it's it allows you to take the best ideas from different industries and allow you to grow but that's only possible because of this thing right here that we're currently talking on
0: right right Phil that's great to understand and in fact a lot of people would want to understand more about how they can connect with you and since you are doing your business globally mm-hmm. and it's very much possible to not only know about you but also to connect with you to do business with you mm-hmm. and learn from you and do whatever is possible uh from wherever they are and especially sure. because india is a big market a lot of people are looking at high value relationships and not only uh not only trying to sell cheap but looking at making a lot of great money things Correct. are changing and a lot of people are uh, doing a lot of high value things so you are Holy the man good. for a lot of for a lot of people here in india also great so how do they connect with you
1: linkedin's usually a good bet uh i have to be honest i am the worst person in the world with email this probably surprises a lot of people but in fact that for those of you listening on a podcast you won't see this but i'll show you on camera for those you can see that's my unread emails at the moment oh it's going up again so there's like just over sixteen thousand unread emails emails are the worst way to get in contact with me i'm terrible with them however uh, if you're going to sign up for any of those podcast sites that I've just mentioned, particularly in Podmatch and uh, Pod, Podbooker or Matchmaker.fm, you'll find me on those platforms. But the very best way to get in contact with me is to either connect or at very least follow me on LinkedIn. You'll see my content. You'll be able to communicate with me there. It's also the place that we advertise Profitable Networking Monthly, which is our free international monthly networking event. So if you want to be invited to the next one, you want to meet a lot of great people, get interviews, get partnerships, get finance, funding all that kind of great stuff. It's a free event, profitable networking monthly. So come hang out, follow me on LinkedIn, keep your eyes peeled for the invite. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in there.
0: Great. Great, Phil. Great talking to you. Great uh, knowing about so much stuff that is available and that is possible, not only online, uh, but offline also and Mm. online. Also online, but without a lot of virtual coffee.
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: Right. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. We were just talking to the future owner of Liverpool, like me. And we will come to know much more before that. We will break this news on the KJ Masterclass. Whenever it happens, Phil has <laughs> promised to let us... Let you us get the exclusive,
1: people. is that what's happening? Okay. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you me. for having me. <laughs>